Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. So we come back to our summer series looking at being a people that are living by the Spirit, as Paul describes it in Galatians 5. And having looked in the, the first sermon at love, how God pours out his love uh, into our hearts through the, the Holy Spirit, and how when God's love is poured into us and we nurture it, not only do we benefit, but the others benefit from it too. We need to understand that the, the whole atmosphere changes when God's love breaks into earth and more of God's kingdom breaks into here as well. That this kingdom mentality and approach uh, allows for God's promises to be kind of manifest in amongst us. It's the fruit that, that starts Paul's list in Galatians 5 because I believe that it underpins everything about our amazing and loving God. And this week we are looking at joy. And joy is no less important. It is just as important because it's clearly important to God. It's important to us. And indeed, joy is important to everyone. It's something that we all hope to achieve. Joy is certainly that thing. Joy is important. You can see that all the way to uh, the first pages of the scripture in the book of Genesis uh, at the creation. When we read that God has created this universe and everything in it, that he stops and he takes a look. And he says that, that he's pleased with what he has seen. And the word joy is not mentioned in the scripture, but I failed to see any other emotion that God would have experienced at that point as he looked upon his creation and we read that he was pleased with it. This thing that was just an idea has become a reality and God looks upon it and he's pleased. This beautiful creation that was perfect. It's difficult to see how he would have been anything other than joyful with that. I want you to think back to when you were younger. For some, it's a lot easier uh, than others. But when you were younger and when you were at school, maybe even during the school holiday, uh, you'd be able to create artwork, drawings and, and paintings. And the joy that you had when you finished them, you step back and you look at it. I did that. We maybe get a little bit more humble when we're older and think, oh, it's nothing. But when you're a kid, thinking, yeah, I did this. I remember there was a time where I had to be off school, I wasn't well, and 
There was no one to look after me. So I had to go into my dad's office. And he was working in the, the civil service at the time. And it wasn't really the done thing for children to be brought into the office at that time, you know, back in the, the late 80s. It may well be a thing now, but back then it wasn't. And I went in and I was hidden away in my dad's office. Gave me a book to read. And there was no iPads back then, no screens to watch Netflix or anything like that. It was just a book to read. And I remember looking at his wall and all across the wall, it was filled with drawings and paintings that my sister and I had done. And we'd said to him, put this on your wall, dad. To his credit, he did it. And I'm not gonna lie, the artwork wasn't great. It wasn't like he was hanging Raphael's and Michelangelo's on the wall. It was a collage of whatever it was. But to his credit, he'd done it. And the fact that he'd done that filled me with joy. That my dad loved me so much that he would follow through on a simple request of put this up on your wall, dad. He was probably embarrassed when people came into his office as he saw as these things are on the wall, but we'd created them for him and he appreciated it and put them up on the wall. You see, creating things can fill us with deep joy and some of us never really grow out of it. We continue to create into our adulthood, whether it's painting or music or <laughs> the way we dress, the various things that we stay in that creative place, writing. And the thing is, being creative is part of our DNA because we have a creative God. And of course, Jesus reminds us that we're too, we are to be filled with this deep joy that he offers to us. You know, as I was saying earlier, when he's speaking to the disciples and chapter 10 of, of John's gospel. He's talking to them about being the, the good shepherd. And he says to them that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But that I have come to give you life, an abundant life. That the thief only comes to steal, but he is the good shepherd. And he has come that we might have life abundantly. Not only life, but a life that is full. A life that is lived to the fullest. Filled with much joy. And I want you to take just a, a brief moment to think. What is the thing in life that brings you that deep joy, that happiness. Let's take a second. I really hope that you're able to think of something quickly. It might be something that's out of reach at the moment. But I hope that you were able to think of something really quickly that brings you deep, deep joy. It might be that 
It's when you spend time with, with friends or, or family. Maybe it's not quite as deep as that, but it's something like when your sports team wins, you're filled with joy. It might be that you're given the opportunity to sit out in your garden when it's, when it's the summer. Just taking in the beauty of God's creation. Or me, when I turn out of our street, and we're at the top of the hill, and I look over across to the city, and that fills me with joy. It's, it's quite a stunning view from up on the top of that hill. But the reason that it brings me deep joy is because I know that I'm coming down the hill to here, to be with you. And that fills me with deep joy. And I'm not just saying that. I can see a few skeptical faces there. But it's the truth. Every time I turn out, it still hits me. And I hope that that never, ever fades. Because it's some view. Because even beyond the city, on a good day, you can see right over and the hills are beautiful. It's an amazing view. We should all have something in our life that brings us deep, deep joy. However, our passage this morning reminds us that life isn't always peachy, that life isn't always filled with this deep joy that Jesus wants to offer us. In fact, there are times where we don't feel particularly joyful at all. There are things in life that can cause our joy to disappear. And in our passage, we encounter the disciples huddled together, huddled together in a house, probably filled with worry and anxiety. And it's probably feeding off each other as one person is filled with it. And then the other person sees that they're worried or anxious and they start to feel it too. The worry that they might get found out, that word might get out that they were on that inner circle with that Jesus guy. Worry that the, the same thing might happen to them that had happened to Jesus. They're anything but filled with joy. They've allowed their, their circumstances to get in the way of them experiencing that joy. Understanding everything that Jesus had taught them. That he had come that they might have life abundantly. A life filled with joy and they'd forgotten it. But this is a reminder to us that we too can find ourselves in those times where we're not filled with joy. Far from it. It might be that there are things that are happening that are beyond our control. That they're seeping in. You know, things happen in life. It might be our, our physical or, or our mental well-being isn't in the place it's supposed to be. We can't fully understand what's, what's going on, but it steals our joy. It acts like the thief that Jesus speaks of. It takes it away. It might also be that there are, there are massive expectations on you that other people are putting on you. You know, you should be doing, or you should this, or you should when you use that word should, 
That's, that's a hostage situation. Nobody has the right to tell you what you should think or should be doing. But when that happens, it can cause our joy to be gone because we, we want to, we're human beings. We want to make sure that people uh, respect us and appreciate us. You end up doing far more than you probably should. Should. It could also be that our society gets in the way, dictating to you what's right and what's wrong. And that can change from one month to the next. Who's cancelled, who's not. Seems to be going so quick. Can get in the way of us experiencing that real, real joy. And it might be that some things come and they're not necessarily done in a malicious way. And nobody's looking to, to do it in a malicious way. But these expectations of who you should be or who you should, or the things you should be doing, might be that it takes you further and further away from what God is calling you to be. That thing that fills you with joy. And we move on and we get further and further and further away from what God has created us to be and indeed what God wants for us. I don't know where you are this morning. I hope that you are filled with joy. But you might not be. And please note what I'm about to say. I caveat it by saying that I'm not talking about dropping everything just because you don't feel like doing it. You know, if you have duties to carry out, then you carry them out to the best of your ability. You don't neglect them, whether that's at your work, whether it's in your family, whether it's with your friends. But there can be times when the things that come into our life, they're just unrealistic expectations that are put on us. And they need to be dropped. You know, unrealistic expectations, unrealistic ideas that people or society put on you that move you further and further away from joy. You see, this godly joy is the exact opposite of allowing others or external circumstances to, to dictate to you how you should feel. Jesus says that he has come that you would have life and live it to the full an abundant life that is filled with joy. In the book of Nehemiah, at chapter 8, verse 10, we read, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine, and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Our joy is not dependent on anything that we do. Our joy is not depending on any other person. Our joy is not dependent on our circumstances. And it's certainly not dependent on luck. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It is inside of us. The Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And a fruit of that Spirit is access to this deep joy that Jesus wants for us. This passage also reminds us of the transforming power of Jesus. 
When Jesus shows up, things happen. Amazing things happen. The disciples are filled with sorrow as we open up our passage. The two that have been uh, on the road to Emmaus have come back and they witness the disciples huddled together and we read that they are filled with sorrow. They're sad. They don't know what's coming next. They don't know what's happening next week. In fact, they don't know what's happening in the next hour. They are numbed to their situation. They're stuck. Far, far from the joy that Jesus wants to offer them. Is that door going to go? Are we going to get dragged off like Jesus did? They're filled with that worry and the anxiety. And then we read that Jesus appears in their midst. And almost immediately, the atmosphere changes. When Jesus shows up, things happen. They're filled with sorrow. And as Luke writes, it turns to an overwhelming joy. And that passage should hit us in a profound way as it shows us the power of the resurrection, how it is linked to our joy. The resurrection is about death to the old and life to the new. This transformed life that Jesus offers us. Because our circumstances will not be permanent, albeit sometimes rough to go through, but they are not permanent. But Jesus walking with us always is. And hallelujah. And it might not mean that our life is transformed like it does for Dorothy as she enters into Oz, where it's colorful greens and yellows as opposed to the black and white of Kansas. For those of you that remember the original film, life can sometimes still look pretty bleak. But the difference is that when we have Jesus with us, we can be given a path out of it. And we know that he is with us always. When we understand that the joy of the Lord is our strength, we allow the Holy Spirit to take us through our circumstances, through people's expectations, throughout our struggles. In verse 45, we read that Jesus unpacks the, the, the scriptures to them. He shows them who he is, whose they are, that they are God's children. And then he says to them in verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of these things. They're witnesses to these great things that Jesus has done on earth. And the amazing truths that are contained in the scriptures. The death and resurrection of Jesus. They're witnesses to it. The transformation that happens within them from sorrow to this overwhelming joy is amazing. It happens immediately. But Jesus also reminds them they need to go. You know, my, my command hasn't changed. You need to go. But you need to do the thing I told you to. So you need to stay in the city. 
Receive what my Father has promised so that you can go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The strength to go and spread the amazing good news because they're witnesses to it. And the thing is, we too are witnesses to it. Our joy should be noticed by people. It should be noticed. Because when it is, it becomes contagious. Just like worry and anxiety can feed off others, our joy can be as well. We want to be around people that are joyful. Am I right? And in my note in the, the weekly email this week, I spoke about a, a very special woman, very dear to me. She's an inspiration. And she's just happy and joyful in the Lord all the time, even though her circumstances, I know, are, are tough. But she lives by that quote from Nehemiah. That the joy of the Lord is her strength. That despite what she goes through, with her health and various other things, the joy of the Lord is her strength. That's what gets her through the, the tough times. She knows that Jesus walks with her every step. And we will know times where Jesus has been with us. And we needed him and he was close to us and we experienced it. It might have happened that, and we only really see it when we, when we look back and we think it was Jesus that carried us through that point. Maybe we don't feel it at the time. But equally, it might have been in the hug of a friend when we needed it. It might have been a friend giving a, a listening ear when we needed to speak. It might have been a friend just sitting in the silence with you. We just feel that, that Jesus was in that. The thing is, we are all witnesses to the transforming power that Jesus allows in life. And when we allow people to see that, then joy can spread. You know, joy is a fruit of the Spirit that dwells within us. It means that it's just sitting there waiting to be developed and nurtured so that it can sprout forth. Allowing us to act as a, a witness to the transforming power of Jesus. In the great commission, we're tasked with telling people about Jesus. Some of us might find that hard. We might say, I don't know if I can tell anybody about Jesus. Indeed, we're not all called to be like Billy Graham. But we are all called to tell people about Jesus. But if our joy is bursting forth and people can see it, they might wonder what is different with you. And your answer can be the same as that dear woman. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The only way that we can remind ourselves of this is to copy what we read in here. That Jesus unpacked the scriptures for the disciples. We too need to spend time daily reading the scriptures. Learning more about, about God. His promises. His character. 
You know, God's word had transformed these disciples from being filled with sorrow to that place of joy. As they learned more about God, his promises. You know, God loves us and wants the best for us. Wants us to have that joy-filled life. But in addition to reading the Bible, we spend time daily in prayer. Sharing our struggles with God. Asking for the Holy Spirit to come and to help us. You see, these things allow us to have that better understanding of what it means to be a people living by the Spirit. That through Jesus, we have access to this life that he speaks of. A life abundantly filled with joy. A full life. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I think we should now give thanks to Jesus for offering us this, for all the things that he does for us. So shall we pray? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are our strength and that you are the source of our joy. We're thankful that our joy isn't dependent on us or others or any other thing. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. We thank you for all those things that do bring us joy. And when we're moved further and further away from those, we pray that by your Spirit, you would move us closer back to who you say we are and who you've created us to be. That we would experience more and more joy each and every day of our lives. And all this we ask in your precious and mighty name. Amen.